0: I was horrifically sexually abused by my mother's husband. I lived under his oppression for much of my life until the Lord Jesus Christ set me free. Real life starts now. This is
1: Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to The Real Life Radio Show, where we're gonna talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we'll be talking about the subtleness of sexual abuse and how it occurs in what on the outside looks like normal families, but in secret, something is going on. Now, listener discretion is advised What you are about to hear is intended for mature audiences only. Now, sexual abuse to children is such an evil, and really is orchestrated by the devil himself. Today, you will hear from Mark Sowersby, who was raped by his mother's husband for many years when he was just a young boy, and says that those experiences should have ruined his life. But because of Jesus Christ, he was able to overcome all that trauma. Mark, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on the show today. It's a blessing to lift up the name of Jesus with you.
1: Mark, thanks so much for being willing to expose the truth of what happened to you in your childhood. I mean, it's so great to have you on with us. And I'm praying that this makes such a powerful effect that no one would ever go through what you went through. So tell me first, my friend, a little bit about your father and mother.
0: My mother and father, they met through circumstances of life. They met in an affair relationship. Mm. Oh, wow. So I didn't get to know my father growing up. You know, I was a product of that affair. And as soon as my mother found out that she was pregnant, my father left the scene. So he wasn't in my life. Mom was raising me and children that she had from another marriage.
1: Oh, my gosh. So basically, your father was gone and absent, like an absentee, completely gone. And no communication with you?
0: Nope. Not until I was 45 years old, I was able to have a relationship with my father.
1: Oh my gosh. Did that create a little bit of like kind of bitterness or anything when you were younger? Just a little complexity there?
0: Oh, I'm sure. Confusion, blame, asking myself why and how, what did I do wrong? Why would he leave? Mm. You know, all those feelings, all those emotions that something was wrong with me. That's why my birth father would leave and not want to have anything to do with me. Uh, So yeah, all those emotions.
1: Internalizing it. So your mom marries this younger man, 20 years younger to be specific. And then how old were you when this unthinkable thing that you're about to say happened?
0: So yeah, my mom's relationship with my birth father obviously ended. My mom and I and my siblings that she had from a previous marriage, we kind of were living back home, if you would. Yeah, I was about six years old when she met a man 20 years her younger.
1: Wow, my gosh. And what happened? I understand that he was there and everything seemed normal at first. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think as a young person, I was glad to have somebody in that role, somebody I could maybe on with look up to kind of have that person filling in that spot for me a father like figure but that's not what happened he came in in the most ugliest way wow and hurt the family and hurt me in the most ugliest and painful way that one could be hurt
1: well i understand that the unthinkable happened like how did it happen was it like a little bit like he would just kind of get to know you and he was like nice to you and then suddenly just flip the switch like what happened describe that first day
0: Sure. You know, obviously I was young, but at the same time, I remember the lie, the hurt, the pain, the sorrow, the manipulation. I remember the crackling of the threshold floor. I remember the breath of my abuser. I remember him invading my body, very confused. Why? What just happened to me? I remember that ugliness.
1: So basically, he was being nice to you. Everything was good. Developing relationship with you. He was grooming you. Exactly. To trust him. And then suddenly, I understand when your mom went to work at night, he suddenly just came and just, boom, just took advantage of you right off the spot. Not telling you anything, just basically raped you.
0: Just... Right off the spot, basically. Oh my gosh. It was obviously a very confusing, ugly, hard, devastating time in my life. I was a child. It was a different era. You know, I'm on the other side of 50. Yeah. So these were different times. People didn't talk about it. Families didn't talk about it. You didn't talk to your children about it. There wasn't the awareness that there is today. Oh. It was just a different time. So I felt alone. I felt ashamed. I felt angry, but mostly I just felt numb. Gosh.
1: I mean, while this was happening, you knew it was wrong, but you didn't really know what to do, right? Like, how did you respond to it? Were you fighting? Did you lock up inside?
0: Yeah, I locked up inside. I think that's a good way to put it. Because I didn't know, you know that something's happening in your body, but you're trying to reason with a seven-year-old mind. I did not understand that. I didn't understand good touches and bad touches. Now, in our culture today, we make our children aware of predators and bad touches and let our children know that we're there for them. But that's not what was happening in those years. Yeah, you know, Those years, people didn't talk like we do today. There wasn't the awareness wow. or the support.
1: That's horrible. So then afterwards, did he threaten you or what did he say afterwards?
0: Sure. When the event ended, the ugliness of my body being invaded, the ugliness of this sexual sin, Hugh told me that if I were to tell, I would be taken away, that I did something wrong, wow. that they would remove me, everybody would be mad at me, it would be my fault. You know, and of course, as a child, you believe these things.
1: Right. No, I mean, you're so young. And so you just internalize everything. Now, how did this happen? Like, describe your mother's husband here. Was it just this thing happened to you? Or did he have a whole bunch of other vices in him as well.
0: Yeah. I think abuse is abuse. I think I was the brunt of the abuse, especially the sexual and physical, mm-hmm. but the abuser abuses everybody in their life with their language, with their thoughts, with their actions, with their attitudes. Oh. So yeah, my abuser was somebody that had drug issues, had
1: oh, wow.
0: pain, had, you know, all kinds of
1: ugliness. Okay. So there was all types of problems with this abuser here. And he had physical abuse, you said, as well. So it was very scary. He was a scary, intimidating person to be around as well.
0: Yeah, it was like walking on eggshells. I explained it like that. You never knew what was going to set this person off. You never knew what day was going to unfold. You wasn't sure if you were going to get a punch or a lash or raped or burnt or stabbed or hit with a baseball bat.
1: Oh, my god! And you
0: didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know. It was like you always were on eggshells. You always waiting for that blow to come.
1: What as a young man did all of this do to you emotionally? Like how did this continual action affect you as this was happening for years? Like it wasn't just one time. This just kept happening again and again and again.
0: I think I just shut down and I got very numb. That's how I handled it. I was totally internalized, shut down, very numb. I was just kind of lost in my own head. Mm-hmm. There was a facade about me. You know, when you're groomed, you don't let anybody see behind the stained glass window, if you would, or you don't let anybody see inside. So I think, you know, unfortunately, I was able to betray one way, but inside I was dead and empty.
1: Oh, my gosh. So people just thought you were like normal. Like, so people on the outside would just be like, oh, yeah, Mark is a normal kid. There's no problems.
0: Yeah. But here's what I'll say to that. You're right. But again, I think coming from a different generation, they weren't looking for it either. Today, our teachers, our psychiatrists, our doctors, our physicians, our coaches, you know, all those people that are in our life are being aware of warning signs and verbiage, but then they didn't know it. So I was probably crying out as in a seven-year-old would, but nobody was listening because culture wasn't listening as much as they do today.
1: Wow, Mark. I understand he used verbal, emotional, and physical abuse in order to keep you in line with what he wanted you to do. Can you describe one of those situations in detail where he did some of these things?
0: One day I was in school and I got sick. I went to the school nurse and the school nurse took my temperature and called for me to go home, you know, because I was sick. And he came to pick me up. And when he came to pick me up from school, he beat me severely. He punched me in the face. He just beat me up like a rag doll because he said I was faking and I was interrupting his day.
1: Wow! And if I was
0: more of a man, if I was stronger, I wouldn't have done that.
1: So basically, when you got in the car that day, he was like fuming mad already.
0: He was, yeah, he was ready to go. And as soon as the car got of sight of anyone, the physical abuse began.
1: And he just started like hitting you?
0: Yeah, slapping me, punching me, hitting me. Jeez.
1: And you're sick. You're like having a fever.
0: Yeah, I was, the nurse sent me home.
1: And he's just using this moment in your weak moment. And he's just beating the crap out of you, making you feel guilty, guilty. Guilty is what that sounds like.
0: Exactly. And then he dropped me back off at school and made me go back in. And then I remember I was walking into the school and my guidance counselor was walking out and saw me and said, I thought you were going home. And I started to cry because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And again, they brought me to the nurse's office and I slept the rest of the day in the nurse's office.
1: Oh my gosh, Mark, let's stop there. I know this is really hard to talk about, but this is something real that happened. And I wanted to thank you so much for being so open and honest about something so disturbing. But it reveals how sinful acts can cause so much internal damage for a young person. I want to have you back on another show to talk about how later in life, you really sought to be delivered from this type of horrible oppression. And if you can't wait and want to know more details of what happened and how Mark got over all of this, you can get Mark's book called Forgiving the Nightmare by Mark Sorsby. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: It's an honor. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hang on. I have some deeper thoughts to share with you about what you just heard right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who is committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeninthenations.com and we believe America shall be saved.
0: (laughs)
1: Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? As I'm listening to this story, I am so sad that this man, who was supposed to be Mark's stepdad, became someone who stole everything from him as a young boy. You might be listening and wondering how sick this can really be, but I know there are things like this that occur in the world. You know, when I was an atheist before, I believed something very naive. I used to think that evil was, you know, just a perception that evil didn't exist. It just depends on how you're looking at things. But after hearing this testimony, well, I know evil exists. And to say it doesn't, at this point, it's completely ignorant. Ancient scripture clearly lays out that there is evil. And evil's author comes from a spiritual entity called the devil. It's written in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 14. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. You see, this verse was in the context of false preachers and apostles in Paul's time. But the same idea exists today. Evil always looks good at first, but in the long run, the plot is exposed. It's written in 1 Peter 5.8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Father God, I'm praying for the person who is hearing this and is just saying, gosh, how can this kind of thing exist? Father, help us to realize that you are real, but that the devil is also real and help us to be more aware. I'm asking, Lord God, for more spiritual awareness for every single person right now in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched.
0: If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.